Our scripture reading today is from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. Uh, Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 18. You can follow along on the screen if you would like. This is the word of the Lord. Now therefore, Joshua said, revere the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now if you're unwilling to serve the Lord, Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us, at, brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for He is our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, this year, as part of my goal, my intention for uh, 2023, I decided that I want to be someone who is physically fit, okay? I want to be someone who is physically fit. So, in order to get to that vision of who I want to be, I've decided I'm going to continue to walk my dog, and I'm going to work out at the rec center. Make sense, right? Okay, I also want to become someone who is a lifelong learner, which involves what? Reading. Learning in all kinds of different ways, right? That makes sense to us. Those are some of the goals that I, want to, that I want to live out. I want to be someone who's a good neighbor. So what do you think I'll have to do to be a good neighbor? Well, one clear thing to me is I'm going to stop when I see them and talk to them. Any of these examples that I have, these are desires that I have of who I want to be. And I can look at my life to see if my habits affirm that identity. That identity that I'm seeking. The reality is that sh- habits, our habits, shape and reveal to others our identity. Our habits shape and reveal our identity. So what would you say uh, your habits reveal about your identity? I'm not talking about who you want to be. I'm talking about, let's say that you know, drones are a thing now. A drone followed you around, as creepy as it would be, a drone <laughs> followed you around Uh, for the rest of today, for the rest of the week, maybe uh, for the rest of the year, as terrifying as that is to think about, what what would your habits reveal about your identity? The things you actually do every day. What would someone who knows nothing else about you, none of your past, just how you're living today, what would someone say, oh, they are someone who is a reader. They're someone who is a churchgoer. There's someone who is really dedicated to their family. You know, there's all sorts of possibilities here. So what would someone say about the kind of person that you want to be? Uh, I really like this author, James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits. It's a wildly popular book and really practical. I encourage you to read it if you're trying to get serious about the way that you're living. 
uh, he was on a, in an interview that I listened to recently on a podcast, and he said that uh, he talked about the importance of habits which are on the forefront of many people's minds this time of year. He said, the big picture is that your habits matter. Not just because of the results that they get you, because of the identity that they reinforce. Your habits, he says, are how you embody a particular identity. So the bottom line is our habits shape and reveal our identity. He says every action you take is a vote for the type of person you become. Every action you take is a vote for the kind of person that you will become. And it also signals to the people around you the type of person that you are right now. So reading on a daily basis develops the identity of being a reader. Coming to worship every week gives you the identity of being a churchgoer or a Christian, right? Someone who watches every Vikings game would identify themselves as a suffering Vikings fan, (laughs) okay? (laughs) You get the idea, right? Our habits shape and reveal our identity. So here's the challenge for us all. This is the challenge, especially in our time. If we aren't intentional about our habits, if we don't say, this is how I want to live, then someone else will shape us into a person that we don't necessarily want to be because our habits will always win the day. And if we're not intentional about this is how I want to live, somebody else will inevitably try to get you to live the way that they think is best for you to live. If I'm not careful, that's what I do to you, right? The way our culture is structured, a lack of intentional habits in relation to our identity will lead to the shaping of your identity based on somebody else's values. So marketers, tech companies, politicians, algorithms, they're all eager to shape your identity for you. Become dependent upon my product. Listen to my leadership and my wisdom and what I think is right or wrong. You need me. That's what all those other voices will say to you. So if you don't say, this is how I'm going to live and this is who I want to become, someone else is, not will, I guarantee you someone else is doing that for you just by the influences that you are experiencing. So Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, issues this warning through the language of serving God or serving idols. We have to understand that Joshua was in this place of having taken over for Moses, who was the leader of the Israelite people, right? Who were delivered from Egypt, from slavery. And Moses leads them through the wilderness for 40 years. And Moses himself couldn't go into the promised land, which was the destination of where they were going to be. All of God's promises were going to be fulfilled. Moses uh, has to take Joshua on as a successor. Tells him this is how you should lead these people. And Joshua leads the people into the promised land. But now Joshua himself is about to die. So he's telling the people, look, this is really important. If you don't decide whom you're going to serve, then someone else will decide that for you. And your habits, the way that you live your life, are of extreme importance to God. This is what he says. Now therefore, revere the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now what's interesting here is Joshua doesn't just tell him, you know, you need to serve the Lord. He says, if nothing else, be super intentional about choosing how you're going to live. Because if you don't, you're going to be influenced by all these other temptations, all these other lowercase gods of the the nations and the people around them. 
he says, if nothing else, just be really intentional. If you're not going to choose to serve the Lord, then at least decide for yourself who you're going to serve. This is what he says. Now, if you're unwilling to serve the Lord, if you're unwilling, that's fine. That's your decision. If you're unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Well, what does it mean to really serve the Lord anyways? Well, serving God involves the actions of a person's life. More than an intellectual belief that, oh yes, I believe that God is real, which is the popular way of saying we're Christians in today's world. It's more than an intellectual belief that God is real or that God loves every person. To serve God is to let actions reflect a belief that this life is to be lived for God's will and for God's purposes. So Joshua uses words that reflect the holistic nature of serving God. And he emphasizes the importance of choosing to let your actions be in service of God. Otherwise, he warns, humans are subject to serving other gods, other idols. And serving God, this this is important for us to understand, friends, that serving God or serving other idols in our lives shapes your identity just as much as serving God does. Maybe worse, maybe more so. Because we don't have any tensionality, we don't have any posture of surrender to those other gods or those other idols. We We just respond to those temptations in front of us. So Joshua makes a declaration and encourages the rest of the Israelites to make a declaration as well. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. Joshua and the Israelites made a declaration to serve, which is our habits and our actions, to serve the Lord because they understood their identity as being people who belonged to God. They were God, so of course... They said, well, God saved us. God protected us. God delivered us. God gave us this freedom. So of course we'll serve the Lord. Of course we will. Who else would we serve? So their habits of serving God flowed from their identity of being people who belonged to God. People who were loved by God. Protected by God. And provided for by God. So Jesus comes along and He actually, rather than taking away this language of choosing who you're going to serve and being intentional about your habits and your actions Jesus doesn't take those commandments away he actually intensifies them Jesus says instead of uh, just serving he, he says become a slave to him but he says whoever serves me must follow me and where I am there will my servant be also whoever serves me the father will honor this is a really interesting one he says no one can serve two masters For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. See, we can't have our whole allegiance, which is what Jesus wants from us, we can't have our whole allegiance being to Jesus and everything else in our lives. It just doesn't work. And that's the tension we feel when we think, oh, I ought to do more of this, uh, more of giving my life to God in this particular way. So Jesus actually intensifies that language of serving to the point of of working for in a way of being a slave, a a servant, an all-encompassing reality. He says you cannot serve God and wealth. 
That's the word. And actually, the Greek word I thought was really interesting. I read in Andy Crouch's book, The Life We're Looking For. Really wonderful book. He says that money for Jesus is not a neutral tool, but is something that could master a person every bit as completely as the true God. He says mammon is not, that's the Greek word, mammon is not simply money. It's not just money. It's not just, oh, it's this competition of money. Do we have to work to make a living? It's not simply money, but the anti-God force that finds its power in money. So a force, an evil that seduces you into serving other gods more and serving Jesus less. That's what Jesus is saying. Like, if you don't give your heart to me, that other things are going to pull you away from me. It's just going to happen. So choose this day who you will serve. Declare it through your words, through your thoughts, through your actions. Choose this day. A declaration of our specific intentions to serve and follow Jesus actually then keeps us from serving and following somebody else. From other things that people would put in front of us. Choosing to serve God reinforces our identity as God's people. As followers of Christ. As children of the living God. And they also reveal that identity to other people as we live it out. So this is a kind of intentional spiritual formation and, and growth in Christ-likeness that was highlighted through the development of what St. Benedict called in the 4th century a rule of life. Sounds kind of scary, right? A rule, I don't need more rules, Pastor Chad. No, thank you. But you could think of it as a, like a rhythm of life. Okay? Uh, this, this concept was I developed to help monks who were living in community in order to order their days very simply around three key elements of their life in God. This is according to Ruth Haley Barton. According to prayer, study, and work as a pattern of attitudes, behaviors, and practices that are regular and routine and and intended to produce a certain quality of life and character. So the idea with these people who are living in community is they understood that habits shape identity and they had a vision of the kind of people that they wanted to become. So that's where the, the... idea rule of life comes from so i started to really lean into rule of life or rhythm of life or whatever uh, during the pandemic because everything was just thrown off and all of our normal routines and rhythms our habits were just all wiped away right so in a, in a sense we're building a new life and uh, i was encouraged to think about this question of more of who do i want to be who do i want to become okay according to what I feel called to do. And with that in mind, which is harder, we're going to talk about that next week. How do I want to live? How do I want to live? That's really what a rule of life is. And, and so there's so much happening in the world uh, that we can't control. Most everything in our life right now and in the world, we cannot control, but we can decide, we can choose how we want to show up to face those things. We can determine the, t- the kind of person that we want to become and pray that Jesus will give us the discernment that we need on how to change our lives in, appropriate, in, in, a, in proportion to our life stage and all those types of things. So think about it for a second. What do you want your primary identity to be? What kind of person do you want to be the next year? What's your primary identity? 
What kind of habits are going to reinforce that identity? In other words, how do you want to live? I'm not talking about how do other people want you to live. How do you want to live? Nobody can get you to do anything that you don't want to do, right? How do you want to live? James Clear uh, offers this encouragement if we start to get specific about our actions. He says, let the habit lead the way in casting these votes for becoming the kind of person that you want to be. Once you get to the place where your habits are reinforcing your their desired identity, you get to the place where you are like, yeah, that's actually a part of who I am. It becomes easier to follow through on the behavior. You don't have to convince yourself to do it, in other words. So think about this. If, you're a, if you consider yourself a runner, that's part of my identity, and you go for a run. If you consider yourself a reader, and you read books, you don't need anybody to tell you that. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, then you spend time with God and specific means to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. You don't need anybody else to tell you to do that because you consider it just a part of who you are. Right? Your identity uh, is revealed through your habits, but it also is shaped by your habits. That's just part of what you do. So if we start with the identity of being a follower of Jesus, you could say a Christian, or a churchgoer, or a child of God, what sort of habits do you think will reinforce that identity? Or move you closer to believing it about yourself? What sort of habits do you think will help you to embody the identity of being a follower of Jesus? Or a churchgoer? Or a child of God? What do you think? Well, I think it's helpful to look at the earliest days of the church and say, well, what did they do? Because if we want to say that's the people that we are, this is how we're going to live. This is what being a Christian is from Acts chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 42. These were people who uh, were committed to learning uh, Christ's teaching with one another in community. So they would say, this is, this is what Jesus taught us. Remember? Let's live this out. And they would learn it in community. They were also committed to fellowship and to sharing meals together. They had a deep sense of community. They prayed together. They served the poor together. They embodied this message. They saw people, they, these people saw themselves as belong, people belonging to Jesus Christ. They were His followers. His beloved. He provided for them. Protected them and taught them through example. And because of this experience, they declared through their lifestyle, they declared it through their lifestyle that they were going to serve Jesus. So if we want to reinforce our identity as followers of Jesus, it would be wise to include things like, what do you think? We're going to write a a rule of life. This is a declaration that we're going to serve the Lord. What do you think might be some pretty obvious things that we would say? This is how I'm going to live. Right out. Going to worship. I'm going to do this. I'm going to live into this. Right out. I'm going to be a part of a small group. Write out, I'm going to read the Bible. Write out, I'm going to spend time in prayer. What else? I mean, what else do you think is important to you? This isn't about me telling you. This, what's important here is just to think about what am I going to do? What, are, what kind of ownership am I going to take of my actions, my choices, 
the only things that I can control. What am I going to declare? Not to me. You don't have to show me. What am I going to declare to God that I'm going to do in the next year as a way of informing this identity as being a follower of Jesus? There's some other things that we can include. Uh, Communion. Times of silence. Solitude. Sabbath. All really good things. This is the encouragement that I have for you. Start with where you're at. It's essential that we make some kind of declaration like this is what I'm going to do. If we don't declare, if we don't choose our actions, then it won't happen. We won't have any sort of intentionality. So just say, this is what I can do. Just be simple about it. Be specific about it. Be practical. Instead of saying, if you write it out, this is my rule of life. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the whole thing. Don't do that. (laughs) You're not going to do it. (laughs) Don't say that. Just say, this is my way of, this is how I'm going to be present to God. I'm going to read Jesus' calling every day. And if I can't do it every day, that's okay. You know what? Don't say, I'm going to spend an hour in prayer. I mean, that'd be awesome if you do. Don't say that. You'll never get there. Say, I'm going to spend one minute in prayer. Write it out. This is my declaration to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to serve you in this way. I'm going to spend one minute, just one minute doing these things. And see, if you write it out, if you actually declare like, this is what I'm going to do, you actually might live into it. But if you don't, then you know, you're just going to be tossed around by all the different cultural influences that we oftentimes think are good. And that's going to shape our identity more and more. I mean, if we're constantly exposed to media rather than you know, the Word of God and, and presenting ourselves to Jesus, what sort of identity do you think that's going to create for us? How's that going to shape us? What kind of person are we going to become if that's our primary input in life? So be specific. Start small. Once per week. Once per month. Once per year even. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. And give yourself time to live into it. I, I actually wrote up a rule of life and what I noticed is that it took me some things, it, it's taken me a year or longer to actually live into them with the kind of intentionality that I would like to. But then I can look back and say, wow, I made this whole list and they were aspirational at that point when I made it a year ago, but now I'm actually living into three quarters of it. Praise the Lord. If I wouldn't have written it out, if I wouldn't have been clear about how I want to live for the Lord, would it have happened? Probably not. One quote I really liked from that James Clear interview was when he said, that if you're not specific, he doesn't talk about Christianity, but he says if you're not specific about how you want to live, basically, your habits are always going to win the day. You know, if you don't say, I'm going to be a healthy eater this year and here's my plan to do it, you're always going to go for the chocolate at the end of the night guilty you know i mean it just happens you know we know this so why would we neglect this important this most important area of our life and say well we'll see what happens you know we'll see see what i feel like doing you know see if i feel like going to church we'll see if i feel like praying you know i mean i that's a challenge for me as well you know what i don't have on my rule of life worship (laughs) because i'm always here right (laughs) You know what I don't, also don't have in my rule of life is small group because that's one of the primary ways I want to lead you as a pastor. I, I am 
it's essential for me to be in a small group or I'm just not right in my soul. Okay? So some things just become so part of who we are that we don't, even have, we don't have to declare it to God. It's just, well, that's who I am. But other things that we're trying to live into, we have, we have to say, this is how I want to live. And you don't have to be accountable to everybody else or to me or whatever. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But just be accountable to God. Be accountable to the Lord. Say, Lord, if, if, if I feel like I want to give more space for you in my life, then this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. So I like this Joshua text because he lays it out for them and then he says, you know, choose what you're going to do. Be specific. But as, as for me, me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. You're going to see uh, the actions of my family because I taught them how to do this. Because he's about to die, remember. <laughs> he says, you're going to see that my household, they're going to serve the Lord like I taught them to do. Through their habits. Through their actions. It's not just a declaration. It's not just a thought up here. It's actually lived out in a way that people are going to see and experience. I like that because he's leading by example. So if I didn't do a rule of life, if I didn't have that kind of intentionality to be working towards it in my own life, then I would say, don't listen to me. <laughs> Don't listen to anything I say. Why, why do you care what I say? You know, just go about it your own way. But that's why in the most recent newsletter, I was very, gosh, it felt super vulnerable to share all this with you. Like, this is the way that I'm declaring to live. You know, I'm saying all these things. You know. But I just want to show you that I, like, I'm living this out as well. I'm, I'm trying to show you some specifics and, and share with you some of the struggles that I, that I go through. So here's a couple of things that I include in my rule of life. I include sleeping. Like I'm going to sleep at least seven hours a night. Because if, you, if I don't sleep, uh, mentally I can't focus, and emotionally I'm a mess. <laughs> okay? It makes it hard having children. Right? But you know, it's specific. It's practical. It's intentional. And it has in mind the end goal of something spiritual that will help me to be present to Jesus. Because we do use our minds to be present to Jesus. So if we're so committed to working and we say, I've got to stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning working or whatever, or just you know, watching TV, boy, it's going to be really hard to do that. It's going to be hard to get up early and spend time in devotion. You know, that's just one example. I also uh, say I'm going to drink very little, if any, alcohol. And I'm not trying to tell you you shouldn't drink alcohol, but for me, this is the way that it works. Uh, if I have a beer, even if I don't get drunk, or if I'm just a little bit buzzed, boy, I am not motivated at all to do anything spiritual at the end of the night like I would do on a night where I didn't have a beer. I'm a little bit fuzzy. You know, I'm a little bit relaxed, which is a good thing. You know, and I say, nah, <laughs> I'd rather you know, be entertained or I'd rather just try and go to bed early. You know? So we have to think about how are we going to live so that we can become the kind of people that we say we want to be but these little things that feel little that feel like well i i've earned this which yes you have i deserve this which yes you do they make a difference in these other spiritual habits that we say we would like to live into but we have a hard time actually doing with more intentionality so i've got all kinds of other things just like simple practical things like i want to be a good dad so, you know what that involves? 
playing with my kids, unfortunately. (laughs) I say that because they like Barbies. I don't like Barbies. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But if I want to be a good dad, well, then I got to suck it up and that's what I got to (laughs) do. You know, that's. But I, I put that in there. And I feel like I can, it's hard, but I'm, I'm working at it. Like I can find a way to follow Jesus through being a good dad. Like God isn't just absent from some parts of our life and present in others. Like He's present here, but not when you go home and spend time as a family or as you wind down for the night. That's the practical stuff. So hopefully this is making sense first. And hopefully it's kind of resonating with you because I think we all want to live like, I want to live by my values, not somebody else's values. Certainly not, you know, immediate, the values that are imposed on me. Hopefully it's, it's resonating in your heart. And if it is, but you'd like some more clarity, first of all, come back next week and hopefully you'll have more clarity. <laughs> but also, I have lots and lots of resources that can help you in this way. Uh, books that ask a lot of clar- good clarifying questions. You know, like what things help you feel close to God? What things don't help, don't help you feel close to God? Stuff like that. I have a, an online template, like worksheet, that uh, is provided by John Mark Comer that I can send to you. Uh, I have a printed off worksheet. All kinds of things. Most importantly, I would cherish the opportunity to actually talk with you about it. <laughs> like, let's get together or chat on the phone or talk on Zoom or whatever, and let's talk about it. This is, this is where I feel a passion and a calling as your pastor is to help people be serious about their growth in Christ-likeness, their growth in faith. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about for me. So if you're interested at all, please let me know. And that will be a really great time. Okay? <laughs> but just start, start where you're at. Don't leave here. Please hear this. Please don't leave here today saying, well, I guess i got to do this now. Pastor Chad said he's got to write out a list of all the things I'm not going to do. <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that. Just try and think about, you know, how am I living now? What small steps could I take towards living in the way that, that I feel I want to live, that Jesus has placed on my heart? And talk to me about it. Choose this day whom you will serve. That's what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua and the Israelites declared that they would serve the Lord because they saw him themselves as the people of God. And Jesus tells us that as his followers, we are also his servants. Persons who declare that we will let our habits inform our identity as belonging to him. So friends, as followers of Christ, let's declare in 2023, through the intentional practice of a rule of life, that our habits will serve the Lord and further shape us into a people who embody Christ-like character. May it be so. Amen.